You're listening to the John Clark Cast. My name is John Clark. I'm your host, licensed counselor, group practice owner, guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today I'm sitting down with my really good friend, Kelly Higdon. And uh, in this episode, we're talking about how to design your business around your life, how to take more time off, this idea of being truly busy, and also things like how to prepare for maternity leave, uh, how to talk to other therapists about your fees, our own limiting narratives around money, why you need a budget, and how much is enough. Um, And uh, this is is a fun one. Always great to have Kelly on the show. And uh, without further ado, let's dive in. You need a phone system for your business, but most options out there are just not going to cut it. They're going to leave you completely exposed, breaking all sorts of HIPAA regulations, um, probably without even knowing it. This is why you need Spruce. Spruce Health is my favorite platform for, for communicating both with your clients and internally with your team. It's an amazing platform. It's completely airtight. They even have telemedicine. Um, they've got a, a ton of features packed into a platform that's also just super affordable. Um, it's a beautiful platform. It's very easy to use. I highly recommend it. Spruce Health is giving you 20% off your first year when you go to sprucehealth.com forward slash John. That's sprucehealth.com forward slash John. Kelly Higdon, who is letting me introduce her at my own will, always a risk, not recommended, but here we are. Kelly Higdon is an LMFT, which I feel like I don't say that part much. She's an LMFT, I had to ask, um, who, oh my gosh, I'm blanking, I'm getting stage fright. Kelly Higdon is a good, <laughs> good friend of mine, she's been helping therapists build better businesses for, for quite a while. Uh, through business school bootcamp at zinnyme.com. It's Kelly and Miranda. This is the Kelly. Is this going to be edited? Should it be? I don't know. <laughs> We've, we, we haven't epi- edited an episode in like a year. I don't either. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's fine. Do you want to introduce yourself now? <laughs> now that I've botched it? Well, this is Kelly. That's odd to say. Yeah, this that is. Ke- is. I am Kelly Higdon. <laughs> I am I'm called Kelly. I'm the co-founder of Zinni Me, the co-creator of the Business School Bootcamp, and now I'm creating a new project called Calibrate Your Year. So that's me. Boom. And I am an LMFT. Do you know your Enneagram? Yes. I'm a two. What are you? Not sure. Probably a three. <laughs> Whatever you are, I'm one. I'm one number up. Is that how that works? I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> there's no up. There's just a round. Oh, okay. In that case, I don't want to play. I don't like playing games that I can't win. Um, no, but really, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about business stuff today. That's what this podcast is about. I got feedback recently. They're like um, that I don't introduce my guests well or often enough, or, or that. It, I don't introduce them until like nine minutes into the show. Oh. <laughs> so. Always learning, John Clark. Yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten feedback that we talk about haircuts too much on this show. So to me, that's a logical starting point because for those of you who haven't listened, whenever Kelly's come on the show, we accidentally talked about haircuts twice at the beginning of her previous appearances. Mm-hmm. But it's more about the root of the haircut is about letting people do what they do best and not trying to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. The psychology of haircuts. (laughs) That sounds like a good (laughs) (laughs) ebook. That and you can turn anything into a metaphor. I remember in graduate school, they, we had a whole class on metaphors that's fun. I would have loved that. It was really fun. It was the it was the most 
unscholarly thing I ever did in graduate school was great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's probably why I would like it too. Yeah. So um, I did want to talk to you about a few things, actually. Okay. Okay. It or not. <laughs> okay. And um, first of all, how have you been? I've been good. It's been busy. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So you you designed really you design your businesses around your life and I think a lot of people say they kind of do that mm. but you actually do that and you help other people do that. Yeah. So when you say busy I'm almost like that's Kelly Higdon busy versus like <laughs> yeah most people's busy which is working 60 hours a week and only taking one week off per year i know it's a little of a conundrum right i think i'm really yeah. busy in my mind <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about that <laughs> like i carry mentally a lot with me <laughs> yeah a lot of things i'm thinking about which is something i'm working on in the new year is kind of simplifying my brain a bit i <laughs> this sounds so odd but in terms of time worked yeah not busy yeah and and it's funny, I was, so I'm in a mastermind um, with a few other business owners. We're all from different kinds of businesses. And we were having a retreat and one of them knows me really well. Like we're good friends. And she was talking about like working 50 hours a week and how crazy busy it is. And, and then she's like, you understand, right? And I looked at her and I said, I'm serious. When I don't work, when I tell you I don't work that much. I mean, mm -hmm. twice a year I do. I work a lot. Um, yeah. During camp time, I work crazy intense hours. Let me change that. I don't like saying crazy anymore. I work intense hours. Why can't you um, say crazy? I don't know. I just feel like language. Like a trigger word. Not a trigger word. I feel like. I feel like the word is, it's a lazy word for when there's really a better word. Okay. Yeah. Especially, you don't know what yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I work at that kind of intensity and volume and pace is during boot camp. Those are the two times where my schedule goes out the window and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So this is something I've actually been wanting to ask you, which is, um, because you help therapists, you can really organize your year and your schedule around when you want to do it. Right. Therapists can't really do that. Why not? Well, they, we can only step away from our therapy clients or our therapy business for so long. For how long? Well, I've experimented with this. <laughs> okay, you tell me. When I was in solo practice, I, I would do it... Um, I stepped away a couple of times for maybe a month at a time. Yeah. And certainly you need some, a good bit of preparation around that. And you're going right. to have often some attrition and mm -hmm. you need to have your finances in order, obviously. Um, but when it comes to like taking two months off, three months off, how, okay. how do you think a therapist, how can a therapist get closer to that? If that is in fact something they want? Well, it's something that those of us who take maternity leave have to consider anyway. Mm. Um, so, um, or paternity leave, whoever, you know, if you're, whether you're the childbearing partner or not, mm -hmm. and you want to take off time, that's something you, you do prepare for. Well, I think it comes down to, I, um, let's just say this. When I say I take off three months a year, it's spread out. Yeah. Right. And the most I've done is um, like six weeks, I think. And usually by then I'm like, I'm itching to go back. Yeah. Um, any more than that, I, I don't enjoy it as much. So four to six weeks is really good for me. Um, even three weeks is a good chunk. So I don't feel like it has to be really long periods of time, but it needs, for, for me, it's a lot of time spread out. Part of it starts with the informed consent, like from mm. the beginning of meeting with a client. If you know every July you're off, it needs to be in your informed consent and what the plan is for how you handle that. 
Um, and the clients I coach, typically their, their patients, their clients will then say, oh, okay, that's when I'm going to take off too. <laughs> you know, um, that's when I'm going to go on vacation. And uh, particularly like therapists I know who work with kids, they try to match the school cycle with when they take off. So summers, they take off a lot more time. And then um, Christmas holiday they take off a lot more time anyway because they find that their kids are usually traveling too. So I think it's this blend of what really works for you, preparing the client in advance, and also knowing, like for maternity leave, for example, there came a point where I just stopped taking clients because I don't I don't know. You know, you're at this mm. like cusp of I could go into labor early. I don't know what happened, like God forbid, but stuff happens in labor. I don't know what the needs of my kid are going to be. So it was just sort of like keeping the, like you had to like titrate a little bit and stop taking clients. Um, but if it's a vacation thing, usually you can just tell people like from the get go, happy to see you. This is what the schedule looks like in the next three months. Can you talk more about how, a therapist, let's say a solo practitioner who's the breadwinner might prepare themselves to go on maternity leave. Oh yeah. We talk about this a lot in boot camp. I think there's a financial plan to that, mm-hmm. right? Also, um, you know, getting your savings. If the, if some people do have disability options and things like that. Mm. Um, so, but saving for the time off, which is so funny. Whenever my clients have had to use savings, they get really upset about it. (laughs) But I explain (laughs) like, this is what it's for. (laughs) It's so, you know, it's for the emergency. It's for the hurricane. It's for, you know, the earthquake or when you have a baby. Yeah. Um, So there's the financial plan. I think there's also some clinical things that you have to be aware of. That's a whole other kind of minefield too, that when do you tell clients? Like one time I was showing, I told my clients and then I miscarried. So then I had to also discuss that, you know, um, change because I had a, a kind of a little later miscarriage. And then the other ones they didn't know about. So there's the telling of the clients and that sort of thing. But saving the money to prepare for that is good and important and, and making sure you have your health insurance and disability all kind of lined up is important. I also heard that word on the street is um, your husband does bookkeeping now. So I bet he would have something to say about this too, because he came on this very show not long ago. That was nice of you to have him on there. Yeah. But I, I you know, I think the, the prevailing uh, bookkeeping method is um, make a dollar and spend a dollar. <laughs> Either spend, yeah. spend it or um, or pocket it and then spend yeah. it in your personal life. That used to be me. Mm-hmm. I just met with my financial advisor yesterday and that is not me anymore. That's awesome. And I'm like, how early can we retire? Can we get it down by five years? <laughs> I just, um, and I feel like really actively pursuing and working on my money stuff. Um, I've made more money doing that and I'm better prepared if something were to happen because I technically am the sole provider. Yes, Greg does bookkeeping, but he just started that business. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And you know about my journey with all of that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it raises the stakes a bit, right? Around how you um, uh, conduct your business mm-hmm. and how you conduct your, your your personal financial life. And I I think we're not talking about this enough in private practice. Um, right. Because usually if there's problems in one, there's problems in the other. And there's, there's anxiety in one, there's anxiety in the other. Well, because your business mirrors your life. So mm-hmm. how you do business is how you're doing life. So if you're not looking... If you tell me 
I don't really have a budget for the business. You probably don't have a budget for your life or you may have put it. Okay. Let's talk about what it means to have a budget. That means it's an actively used document that is followed and adhered to. Um, not something I wrote on paper and then put in a folder. That's not a budget. That's a, that's just a thought about a budget. (laughs) That's just a plan, but the implementation of the plan, that's when you're actively budgeting. So, you know, I don't know know why I feel like I'm in trouble right now, but I just, I all of a sudden (laughs) started quivering a little bit and feeling like a... You know, feel like but, I should start apologizing, even though I don't know what I did wrong yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, did I come off like that? I'm no, sorry. I just love it. You switched into teaching mode, and I'm like, <laughs> I switch into student mode in my mind. You know, like, oh, no. oh shoot, I better listen. <laughs> oh gosh, I need to work on that. You started okay. pointing really aggressively at the camera. Because <laughs> well, and I also think. <laughs> But okay, let me let me work on my tone. <laughs> no, don't work on it. I love it. Get pumped. Why you not? love it, but I don't know if everybody else. Okay. Well, this is who I am, so whatever. Um, <laughs> there it is. I think the other aspect is when people hear budget, they think restrictive. And totally. like it means I can't spend money. Yep. No, it just means like you have a plan for where the money goes mm-hmm. and that you're hopefully not just thinking about in the moment, but you're thinking about down the road and your dreams and your goals and making those happen. Um, it's just owning and respecting what you have been given in exchange for your services. How do you treat that? So if a client says, here's my, I'm paying my fee. I really value our work, but then do you value what they give to you? Um, so, and, and look at that and say, oh my gosh, this is, this is special and important. And, you know, it, what does it mean to you? I mean, we just go back to that whole money story thing, mm-hmm. I guess, but yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I, I think the other thing with budgeting is, um, do you remember reactance theory from like, psychology 101? So it's just, <laughs> no. okay. <laughs> Now, well, now well, let I'm... me teach you something no, <laughs> that you didn't learn at MFT school in California. Oh. Um, oh. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm, I'm still bitter at MFTs because I had to work so hard when I lived in California to get, get my LPC recognized. And people kept going, your LP, what? We don't have this here. I'm going, yeah, you do. I, it's, I, looked I it didn't up on get the website. grandfathered. So you should have. I tried. Well. For those that leave the state, you, it would be handy. Um, that's one of my soapboxes. Let, let me not get on that I right now. <laughs> I I agree. That's why I tried to get it anyway. So reactance theory is um, you're walking down the street and there's a sign that says, do not step on the grass. Oh. And it statistically makes people more likely to step on the grass. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's part of why people do react to a budget, whether they've said it or someone else or maybe you set it with your partner and in the budget says, um, don't spend more than $20 on Starbucks. And there's a part of us that, that is wired to like vie for our freedom and our free will. Right. So there, uh-huh. there's an unconscious part, I think of all of us that goes, screw that. I'm getting $25 of Starbucks, baby. Let me tell you what's wrong. Cause with I just had a really good week in, in private practice. Yes. So I'm, Right. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Tell me what's wrong with Starbucks. I just watched a two-hour documentary on Starbucks um, on my flight to Paris, actually. Mm. So if you can tell me something, I'd be, you know, feel free to try. <laughs> I'm an anomaly that doesn't like their coffee, so. But I'm spoiled, so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because Greg roasts his own. I feel like I, I, it's so funny I think that is what happens. It's like, well, I'm going to, I have this extra injection of cash and I want to spend it. Yeah, baby. I mean, I I have my budget and something else comes along the way. I'm happy to do that, but it comes from some some other pot of money. You know what I mean? Like something else, you know, gives so that I can have that thing that I want in that moment. I think too, your budget reflects your values. I keep upping my travel budget. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like where you spend your money. If you just think about from an energy perspective, where energy goes. Do you hear that? There's someone doing. There's someone doing lawn work. That's unbelievable. Across the street. Can you hear it? Let's go tell them to stop. Don't they know we're (laughs) podcasting in here? I'm so sorry. In front of the mass millions. But where, you know, where you put your energy, I mean, that isn't something to pay attention to. And I think there is, you know, it brings up a lot of shame when, you know, people see where their money goes or they don't know. So they just avoid. And I get it. I've been there many, many times and it's, it's taken me years, like years. Yep. And I'd say just in the past, like two to three years, I feel like, okay, I'm all right. I got this. This past year was a little bit scarier, but I'm okay. I came out all right. Yeah. What was most important for you to learn in the past year around money? Hmm. Trusting that there there is enough and that, you know, I'm a smart person and I tell this to my clients that... You tell them that you're smart? No, I tell them <laughs> that they're smart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, so embarrassed of this podcast. No, I just like messing with you. I know, but... If if it really came down to, you know, it was scary for Greg to lose his job, and mm. I, and I didn't want us to feel it. You know what I mean? I yeah. wanted it to feel. I wanted to make up that income, and not what he brought home. I'm talking yep. about the value of the jobs. Right. That's the other thing when people make that like they bridge the gap. We have that in our calculator and boot camp like how much do you need to make to bridge the gap between leaving your agency totally. or whatever. Totally. Right. There's also like your paycheck but then there's all the benefits and stuff you have to make up and I'm totally not bitter about paying for my health insurance. It's a small <laughs> yeah, mortgage payment. <laughs> but I I think recognizing that I can work more or do other things. I am creative and I can find a solution that I'm never stuck. And I tell this to my clients, but I am good at telling it to my clients because I need to hear it myself probably. And that was the biggest lesson. I am not stuck. It will be okay. And, you know, that's actually how my awesome year was born was we were looking for other avenues beyond doing boot camp and something that gave us joy and energy, but also um, some of the income goals we wanted to meet. Yeah. No one talks about this stuff, I guess. I know. I'm, I'm digging it right now. Are you? And <laughs> it's um, because dealing with fear in any part of our lives, it's not a matter of, what if something goes wrong? It will go wrong. It's a matter of when something when something does go wrong, um, can I trust that I'll find my way through it? Right. There is, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was a mess. <laughs> yeah, let, <laughs> let me tell people about that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was scary. And I think in a way, and I've, I've told you this, that when we face trials as coaches or whatever, it's a gift for our clients yeah. because builds empathy and compassion, but it also gives us more insight into how, how to help them navigate that. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And well, you helped, you've helped me see that this week um, mm-hmm. a, a lot, you know, in, in, in some big ways, because in the moment when we're suffering, we just want a way out. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just want it to end or we want someone to, you know, remove the suffering for us. Mm-hmm. And that that actually leads us to suffer more. I feel like this past year, though, I created my suffering. <laughs> I was the master of well, it. Well, it's like pre-suffering, you know? <laughs> I know, it's anticipatory It's like, what if I have to suffer? So I should start worrying about it now, you know, nine months in advance, just in case <laughs> the suffering ensues. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. We, You know, it's just, it's imagining things that could go wrong. 
and then fooling ourselves that we can quote unquote mentally prepare. Right. Versus like you said, going, I could end up in X situation, right? My partner Mm -hmm. could lose their job. What might we do in that situation? Right. And visualize a proactive um, way through it. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks different for everyone. So for those of you that are, for some people, it does mean that they find a job with benefits based on their, you know, based on their personality, how they handle running a business, all those, everyone, it looks different for everyone, I guess. And there's, there's no shame or. I guess there's no right or wrong way. It's just that you do your best to take care of your needs and your family's needs. Well, I imagine that was part of the, the feeling for you as well. I was going to say when you imagine, you said, you know, okay, so my partner's losing their job. I want things to feel the same. And I thought, I'm sure some part of that is I want my kid's life to feel the same. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the second part of that for anyone kind of thinking this through or having parallels in their own lives is what, you know, I want it to say the same or feel the same or else what would it mean or what would it mean about mm-hmm. me or what would it, you, you know what I mean? There's those yeah. internal kind of pressures that are there before we even know that they're there. And then right. all of a sudden we're in a situation and we go, Oh God, what would this mean about me or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If, if something falls apart as it inevitably that, does. That's the whole having your ego tied up in. Mm-hmm in the business, mm-hmm. you know, well, and we, letting it define you. We, we need a report card for life. And so from <laughs> kindergarten on, you go to school and you do things and you bounce around a classroom and then someone tells you, did you do good or not? Yeah. Um, and then that continues through high school. If you go to college, it continues in college. Whenever you're done with college, uh, you get a report card in the form of your salary. And it never really ends. And one of my favorite things to ask people is, especially when I see them so profoundly, their worth so profoundly tied to their salary or their revenue in their practice or whatever. Right. I just ask them, if you existed on an island, what would you be worth? Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and some people really struggle to answer that. Mm-hmm. Do I get to have my friends there? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought that. <laughs> That's not, all I was not like. If the, not I'm if not they by pay myself, you. am I? Am I with my family? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I I have a friend who does well in their business and was telling me about how they were on this yacht in France and it was worth you know, hundred million dollars or something, some number that's ridiculous that yeah. I can't fathom. And he said that the owner of the yachts talking about the next yacht and he realized, he said, I could keep chasing this, but it's never going to end. And, um, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's profound. It never ends. And so, cause the target keeps moving. Right. And I think there is something about contentment and Mm -hmm. being okay with what is and, I think that was another lesson of this year. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because on one hand, the target keeps moving. On the other hand, you know, either we move the target or other people move it for us. Yeah, children have a way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially Animals around, especially around Christmas time. I got um, this puppy and I had no idea what I... <laughs> I mean, I had researched. Yeah, yeah. Like I've heard of puppies before, but you know. I researched the cost and then I was just like, how much? Okay. Oh, oh I could give you a puppy calculator and a cat <laughs> and, and two cat calculator too if you want. I already have the two cat. Build that into my program. <laughs> <laughs> These little guys are expensive but worth it. Right. They are. So um here's another thing I want to ask you is you're you're pretty careful about talking about money. Well, it's not phrasing that right. If I, if, especially when I, you know, 
earlier on was trying to even flesh out like my offerings for therapists. The easy thing to do would be like, okay. And, and I, and this is the funny thing too, right? Do as I say, not as I do is that when I'm working with therapists and we're talking about setting their fees, I don't go, well, look to your left and then look to your right and then charge somewhere in between those two fees, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I kind of, you don't, but I, you know, I think, you know, I was leaning into toward that a bit at some points and you were annoyingly careful not to necessarily be like, you know, here's what I charge or charge X or here's how much I make. Because when we do that, what can happen is people either, I either feel like I'm good or I'm bad. You know Mm. what I mean? So if you say, oh, I make X amount of dollars a year, I instantly feel like, okay, I'm either, I'm either on, like I'm either good because I'm near there as well, or I'm bad because I'm far off. And, you know, now I need to catch up or I feel more behind or I feel worse or I, you know what I mean? I start to question things mm-hmm. and I think uh, we do that as therapists everywhere. And we've we've actually started talking about fees a lot on this show um, and it spurred a lot of conversations. Like a therapist recently asked, she was like, um, I told my fee to a therapist recently and the therapist just completely scoffed mm. and said, well, you've only been licensed for X amount of years and I've been licensed for 10 more years. How are mm-hmm. you charging X? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I thought that was incredible. That Which is really would... more about why am I not charging it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know who gave you permission. I didn't know you were allowed. But, mm-hmm. okay, this is how bad I am at asking questions. I wanted to ask you a question and then I just start, I start talking about fees for f- You preach on, three brother. And a half you minutes. just go. <laughs> Get on with your bad self. Uh, well, let me, oh my gosh. Now I'm self conscious. This, <laughs> this is just a back and forth episode of who's more self conscious. <laughs> for 90 seconds uh, at a time uh-huh but but what's your like philosophy i guess on talking about money god i could have just said that <laughs> i think you already shared it <laughs> <laughs> um everybody has i i mean there's coaches that probably make more than me i don't know i don't really care i have i know what i need i have my life i have my goals i have you know, I, there is this discussion that I have had with a lot of business owners, not just therapists, but when is it enough? Again, going back to that, totally. like, the, you know, and um, so and every person has different circumstances from the single parent with a child with special needs to um, the family that's adopting a ton of kids to the single person who never plans to get married or have kids. I mean, like it just looks different. And so that's where your fee comes from is based on the vision for your life and what kind of income you need to sustain that. And some people are like, well, the vision for my life, my practice won't sustain it. Well, then it's just an arm. It's a piece. And then the other things you do beyond the couch, so to speak, as we say, is that's, you know, it's, it's not all just one, one thing necessarily for everybody. So it might be multiple areas of income, Mm -hmm. but I encourage people to not do too many. I, especially if starting, like if you have your practice and then you do something that's beyond the couch, do one thing and do it well. And then what other income streams should come off of that one thing, I believe. It's just better in terms of time and leverage until I do feel like there is a certain kind of point where when you're making a certain amount of money where that's different, where you can start doing investing in other businesses and things like that. But that's usually not something that therapists talk about or are interested in. So So what do you think about it's not so much therapists that share their income. I guess they do, but what do you think about people sharing their income, whether it's therapists or entrepreneurs or anyone, people outside the industry? Well, a lot of it is a marketing technique, especially in the coaching yeah. industry. Build credibility. Um, right. And owner. that's, yeah, but there's a reason why the FTC has um, rules about that. Um, and what, what rules are there? Well, you know, you can't, 
it, you, like if a coach says has a testimonial, for example, you you can't guarantee those results for every client, sure. and you you need whatever testimonial you choose. It needs to be kind of reflective of the overall kind of results of the program, not. I had this one person, you know, like, for example, sometimes I see things where I a hundred times my income. Is that how you would yeah. say it when it's a hundred yeah. and an X? hundred X. Yeah. Well, sure. If you were making a hundred bucks when you first started, that's way <laughs> easier than when, right, than when you were making, yeah. if you were making a million and you hundred times, that's, you know, it's, yeah. what's the story? So I think some of it comes from, there's, I think the emotional attachment to discussing money is influenced by some of this marketing stuff. But yeah. then you see someone like Pat Flynn who reports his income who just, yeah, this who, is, who, and, who recently stopped doing that. Yeah. Which was, and, which I, I just glanced at his reasons why and they were really interesting to me. Oh, I haven't read them. Yeah. He did a video about it and he wrote a long email saying, here are all the reasons why I stopped doing income reports. Um, part of it was, the emotional reaction it created in people that wasn't necessarily that wasn't necessary at his point in building mm -hmm. trust with an audience or building credibility. People, like, yeah, we know you make a lot of money. Cool, you drive, yeah. you drive a Tesla and have a huge house, you know. Um, yeah, but but the other part was actually privacy as well. He actually yes. had issues around like um, as technology evolves, as the internet evolves, do I really want people seeing yes. basically what's in my bank account each month? By yeah. just going to my website and seeing the little widget in the top right. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty valid as well. What if, okay, I'm just curious. What if instead of us talking about our fees, we talked about our outcomes? Why don't we talk about that more? Or why don't we talk about more of like, oh, I tried this technique. Have you ever done this? Right. Or why aren't we sharing that stuff? Well, because I think most therapists still aren't, they're not clear on what they're worth. They're not clear on if they can be wealthy and help people. You know, that's that's one of the myths that drives our industry and keeps the industry oppressed. I struggle with the whole worth thing. Mm -hmm. Because I think what we do is, like, you can't put a number on that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like love. What's it worth? Yeah. $100? You know, it's... Well, and it's, it's you know, value is probably the word I should have used, but, and here's the other thing is that therapists are so self-conscious that everything from their marketing, it, it, you know, we're self-conscious. So we just start rambling about ourselves. We're in therapy or we're worried about like our value. We're worried about a value, maybe worried about our performance versus your clients are not really focused on you as much as you think they are. They're focused on trying to get better. And using mm -hmm. you as a way to get better. That's why people buy things. That's that why people buy anything to get them from their current situation to their future situation, their ideal yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I answered your question. I don't know what the question was. <laughs> the question we'll have to, was... We'll have to phone a friend. <laughs> ask one <laughs> of our listeners. <laughs> How do I handle talking about money? Yeah, or... yeah. And what's your philosophy? Because yeah. again, I just, yeah. I've always seen you being extra careful around it, which I think comes from a lot of wisdom on your part. Well, because I think that if you, like when you, like, uh, let's just take a hypothetical discussion we have about your fee or whatever. It doesn't, we know that the most solid, confident places come from within. And if I were to say, oh, that's too much or that's too little, it means less than if you are to be forced to really take a hard look at things and come to that number based on your own wisdom and knowledge of what you need. Now, what happens, why coaches are helpful is because a coach might point out core beliefs that are getting in the way or, you know, the different blocks that get in the way to help you address that because you may tap into your wisdom, but it is skewed with a lens of not enoughness or, um, insecurities, for example. So I, and also I, I don't feel threatened like I don't, I don't even know what you charge, John. I don't know. Like, I'm I don't even... tell you right now. Here it comes. <laughs> no, just kidding. I, know. I um, think 
You know what I mean? So yeah. because but, because but, I but that that I know that didn't come overnight for you. Because, uh, right? I mean, about what other people charge. Well, that it doesn't matter to you. That you can ju- you can confidently say, um, yeah. I don't really care what other people charge, whether they're other coaches or other therapists or whatever, right? Because I have, I have been fortunate. I don't really. I'm. I'm being totally honest. I don't think I really ever have that reaction of I can't believe they charge that in the therapy space. Now, in some of the like internet marketing spaces, <laughs> I'm a little bit more uh, like kind of shocked at some. Uh, more because I I'm more concerned about do they get results. That's more okay. But does it ever make about. you feel something about what you're making? No. Okay, that's I don't that's know weird why. to me. Yeah, I think you like you need therapy for that. Hold on, let me think. Joking. I okay. I will say. I do. I mean, I do recall feeling like, oh, should I be doing more? Mm. And then I quickly go back to no. Yeah. I don't want to work like that. I don't want to do those things. Like we have other friends that do coaching and they do all sorts of different models. And mm-hmm. it more makes me question like, am I doing my best to serve? Like, should I do? That? Oh, no, I don't want to do it that way. So yeah. I always have to come back to it's always this catch of like, nope, that's not that's not my path. Stay in your lane. Yeah. It's not your path. Stay in your lane kind of thing. But and but that whole like, I can't believe they charge that. Yeah, that's never been for me, really. It's been more of like me just struggling internally with my own stuff, I yeah. guess. I, I think there's just a lot of deception on the internet and it's getting worse and we have, we have to be more conscientious to see through it. And again, I just think, I think as therap- therapists are extra sensitive around this stuff, because a lot of them are trying to hit six figures for the first time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and people don't even know what that means. <laughs> you know, someone right. goes, well, I heard my neighbor makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. And you go, Oh, is that gross or net? And they go, what's gross and net? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so half the, half the time it's like, I mean, I've seen practices get to multiple six figures or a million, and but the take home for the owner net, isn't. Yeah, their net is forty. <clears throat> their net is whatever. I, yeah. I totally. I see. I see that a lot too, especially with unprofitable group practices where we will. When I'm screening folks um, to to work with me or join my program or whatever, it's uh, what's your gross revenue? What's what's your net income? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of times the, the, the differences are astounding, but that doesn't mean it can't change. And usually mm-hmm. it's just a few small changes that will flip that for people, which is exciting to do. That's exciting work when mm. it's just like, oh, okay, you need to change the way you pay the way you, you know, these yeah. smaller tweaks can make a huge difference in that. And then, yeah, so yeah. we choose what we focus on, I guess to make ourselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I really think mindset is huge, honestly. And I think feeling deserving is huge. Um, which is, a that's great, another uh, word that I have a hard time with. Really? I well, think that comes from my faith background though. It could. Yeah, and I think for yeah. a lot of people it does. And so for a lot of people, they'll spend their whole careers, not really feeding themselves. Mm hmm. Um, even though they could or that's there or the revenue is there. And I did that for a long time and I still fall into that sometimes where I'm almost like afraid to be successful or like afraid to make more because what would it mean or who would I become or how would people see me or, but, or do I deserve this? Am I actually like other people who are, let's say financially successful and in my, usually my mind goes straight to no, you're not. So you should probably just stay where you are. Hmm. And it's taken me years to to learn that about myself and not necessarily overcome it, but to know that that's a trap that I that I fall into. Hmm. I think too, if anyone's listening and they've had they're that not. where they've talked, yeah, they're not right now, <laughs> but in the future, like I'm talking. We don't have any I'm talking to the future. I'm speaking into the future. You're like, I'm really smart. <laughs> and I tell my clients this as as part of my informed consent. <laughs> 
That's part I, of my coaching no. agreement. <laughs> if you are a person that um, hears from someone else, like, I can't believe you charge that or whatever. Yeah. I also think there is a bit of privilege at play. Um, some people run businesses and they don't have to. Uh, their Huge. business does not yeah. put food on the table or pay that lovely health care bill or all yeah. of those things. And so um, they're running a different kind of business 100%. and have a different mindset about it yep. than someone who um, everything rides on it. Mm -hmm. And I find, yes, mindset is important, but I also find circumstances a big influence. So um, it, it yep. recognize the power play in the conversation too um, totally. with some of those things. There's so there's, there's a veil over everything until we remove that veil. And so someone goes, Oh, I have a full practice and everyone's full fee. Why don't you? And then you look a little closer and it might be that person who a full practice is seven clients a week mm -hmm. or whatever. And the money is just kind of extra, right? Right. Um, and but like I yeah. said, like there's the money piece, but then there's also the, yeah, but how are your clients doing? Yeah. Like you could have 20 clients, but they, it's a revolving door. You could have, you Correct. know, cause you're not. So I, I really care more about, yes, the sustainability and profitability, but also what what difference you're making. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting that we have, there's lots of things we can focus on. And then you guys all have the power to contribute positively to the field, or you can trash the field by bringing other people down. And so it, whether that be fee or outcomes, and it's just interesting that we focus so much on, on the money piece, which is important, but it's not everything either. There's also other aspects to success. So money is not the only one. Money is important, but it's not the only thing to look at. You started pointing again. <laughs> and you had your, your you put your teacher face on again. I you know. even start pushing your glasses up with your finger with your middle finger, you know, when teachers like accidentally flick you flick off the students. I really, I did not. Yeah, you did that. I did not. Do, I do this finger. I did not do the middle well, finger. Something happened just now. Something came out of you where you flicked off all of our listeners. It's really um, fun being uh, looked at under a microscope. <laughs> Is it fun? <laughs> no. I love, I'm just giving you a hard time. I 100% agree. And I just think we have to have more conversations about this and not be afraid to have conversations or to have an opinion and, and to have your own opinion. Cause like you said, the beginning, at the end of the day, what's enough and what would it mean if you had more, if you're on your way to a hundred K, what's it going to mean when you have a hundred? Cause if you don't figure that out now, you're going to hit it and you're going to go, Oh, now what? Or you're going to feel more empty, <laughs> you know, right. if it doesn't well, mean something else for your life other than just to do it or do it because you know the therapist next door did it that's that's empty that's that's um as someone told me once um you're dirty fuel so there's a lot of things we can be motivated by driven by in business that are dirty fuel whether it's getting back at someone or jealousy or just feeling less than enough and so running on that I think often we're competing with our past narratives anyway. Yep. So, and that's because that's too. where a lot of that is rooted. Yeah. And that's a lifelong thing. And I think it, you know, t it's like tasks and time, Parkinson's law, money, yep. money will fill <laughs> the budget you give it. <laughs> so, I mean, the more you make, the more you spend. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It is one of those things that when will it be enough for you yeah. and, um, and why, right. right? Knowing the why, why are you doing this? Why is it important? What does it sustain in your life and for your clients as well? Mm. Kelly Higdon for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> they, they, that's my outro. How'd you, oh, like, how you like that? That was it. That's uh, we cut good. It right there. 
No. No, like drums. Ba -boom -boom. <laughs> no, I don't have my drum set here. Um, Kelly, thank you for doing this. You're, you're, you're a great person. <laughs> you've, uh, you've, you've done a lot of amazing things for uh, a lot of therapists. You've helped a thank lot of, you. helped a lot of people. Um, Kelly, how can um, people find out about you and get in touch? Um, you can find me at zinnyme and dot com. our .com. You could just type my name into Google and you'll find the various mm. ways. Or you could check me out on Instagram, Kelly Higdon Coaching. Uh, boot camp's opening up in February. And right now, when this airs, I think we'll be running a challenge on improving outcomes while increasing income. So, yeah. Awesome. Good times. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for letting me pick on you as well. Oh, it's fine. It's not fine. No. It's not <laughs> fine. <laughs> You're glancing at the get, ceiling like... I'm going to get fine. Stop looking at me, John Clark. <laughs> oh, am I not allowed to? You're on my screen. Where else am I supposed to look? Like Away. Look away. Okay. Look away. Yeah. It's always fun. I never know what we're going to talk about. And well, <laughs> this is who I am and I'm not perfect, but I had a good time. So thank you. This is this is how it goes, and people have started to embrace the chaos that is my show sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm tired of things being scripted, so I let go of that a long time ago. Someone else can do that kind of show, but yeah, mm. you know, yeah. But uh, thanks for being here. We'll put the links um, to all your stuff in the show notes, and um, we can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank our sponsors, Spruce Health at sprucehealth.com forward slash John for 20% off. And I would just ask you to do me a big favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you're listening. And also tell a friend while you're at it. Um, have a great week. Keep uh, doing great work out in the world. And uh, of course, take care of yourself. And I'll see you very soon. 